The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. In full line of forged pistons, precision clutch baskets, clutch hubs, prank shafts, forged connecting rods, valves, and more for just about any motorcycle, ATV, snowmobile, personal watercraft, outboard marine, and automobile on the planet. For one name, one solution, visit Wiseco.com. Just wrapped up a call with Benny Bloss, 450 Pro Motocross Racer. Had a good time with him. Now we're going to go to Sean Bice, who is a, a uh, he's the press dude for Moto America. And uh, formerly with uh, Yamaha, of course, we had him on many times, spoke to him many times when he was with Yamaha. And now he's, he's the press guy for Moto America, and he joins us now. Sean, welcome back to the show. How are you? Hey guys, great to be back on. Love, I love your show so much. We we don't as much, but uh, <laughs> and we don't hear that very often. So it's uh, yeah. really nice to hear that. It's really surprising, yeah. actually. Uh, <laughs> what's going on with you? <laughs> well, first of all, it is kind of weird that I don't really have a title with Moto America still. But um, you know, I I'm kind of still doing what I started doing last March, which is writing content for the website and kind of doing uh, a lot of work at the track, press conference work, working with Paul others, the communications manager and stuff. So um, it's been great. I, I absolutely love it. It's, it's really fantastic. And it's just what I thought it would be in terms of kind of, you know, spreading my uh, my feelings or my, my love of the sport beyond just one brand. And, and I've enjoyed that a lot. I just wrote a story on Roger Hayden and the fact that, you know, you think a guy from that part of the country and in that family doesn't have time to do anything else besides ride motorcycles. It seems like he's always on two wheels and a pedal bike if he's not on one with a motor, but he's actually quite an outdoorsman. And I, I wrote a story about his hunting and fishing uh, es- escapades, and that was kind of fun to do too. So, yeah, having a good time. Did you do any hunting and fishing to, to uh, you know, like research story? Back the story up. I would not go out in the woods with Roger Hayden and a shotgun <laughs> if you paid me. Why? Oh, man, he's intense. And if he doesn't like you, he's absolutely the guy I assume would just end it all and have a good story to cover with. Well, you know, it's his pinky that's missing. It's not his trigger finger. So. <laughs> yeah, no oh, kidding. Oh, man. <laughs> um. Hey, you guys, I got another one for you. You've been talking about Travis Pastrana, and, uh, man, that was great. I love that kid. He's, he's an awesome guy, great for the sport, and I really think it did help elevate things a lot. I even talked to my mom and dad today, who are both 80 years old, and I said, I just happened to say, were you watching? And they're like, oh, yeah, we watched the whole thing, and they're not even vaguely interested in motorcycles, and they enjoyed it. So, But here's my thing. If he hadn't made it, he would have had to change his name to Travis Pastrami. <laughs> oh, good one! I like yeah. it. <laughs> That's terrible. Yeah, it's Pastrami. really bad. That's kind of what I do. Yeah. Uh, how's everything at Moto America? It's great. I mean, it's getting better all the time. The you know every round we have, um, I work on uh, going through the entry list and kind of making sure names are spelled right, hometowns and stuff like that. And I mean, every all the all the classes are really getting bigger all the time funny the stock 1000 class for utah our next round coming up has six bmws in it and it started out this year with only one which was travis wyman who's leading the series and uh so he's got five other 
you know, comparable bikes to go up against as well as everybody else. So those support classes are doing great. You know, the Twins Cup class is great because, you know, you get a lot of club riders who are on SB650s and those those FCO7, MTO7s, and even Kawasaki Twins. And, you know, it's a fun class for them, too. But, but you know, it's it's going excellent. Um, one of the things, excuse me, that I wanted to talk to you guys about is um, last time I was on, I, I think I told you about a story I wrote where I was pointing out the fact that we have riders from almost every continent in the world that are racing in our series and except for except for antarctica because you know penguins they can't get their knee down their legs too short but uh um anyway uh we just recently it's like scott's here even when he's not here yeah we're like kindred spirits guys. yeah <laughs> and you're admitting um, that yeah i'm not sure <laughs> what's going on yeah, yeah i'm an evil twin um but anyway, uh, you know, so BN Sports recently removed the geoblocks from YouTube, and we were getting a lot of fans from other countries that were saying, hey, we'd love to see your series. I mean, fans of Tony Elliott in Spain. And, you know, I still work with Westby Racing, so Matthew Skoltz is a writer. I work closely with Valentine DeBees. Yeah, DeBees. Uh, you know, Richie Escalante from Mexico. Or so, our favorite uh, Canadian, Bovier. Well, I, I will say that, that Braden Ort is, in fact, Canadian. He's from Calgary, Alberta, but Bovier's from Roseville, not quite Canada, although it's I, northern California. It's the French-Canadian uh, spelling of his name that always makes me say that. Yeah, I don't know if he likes poutine or not. I'm not sure. <laughs> it's hard uh, not to. Even know what that, do you guys even know what that is? Oh, absolutely. It's French fries. Yeah. I, got, I got yeah. married the first time in uh, northern Ontario, so I've had a fair bit of poutine. There's a... That, uh, that stuff's the best. We have a local pub on my way home, actually, that sells poutine. And when I first saw it on the menu, I'm like, what is this? Because I thought of something else. And uh, But it's <laughs> it's just like super unhealthy. Yeah. You take fr- you take So you take potatoes, you deep fry them in fat, and then you load them with a bunch of other stuff that's terrible for you. And you got while well, I The only way poutine. to make it better would be put a chili dog on top. Oh, and they then do just that actually. <laughs> Call it a done. That would be this. so good. Yeah, it's like fr- it's like fries, gravy, and cheese curd. I mean, yeah. all all the important food groups are covered there. But so. it's so tasty. Well, you got beer the, on top of that, and the flavor and is beer. just amazing. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's so good. But yeah, so now now fans overseas can go on YouTube and watch our races a week after you know they're they're shown live in this country. So. You know, it's going to help us a lot because even though it is called Moto America, I mean, we do have a huge international flavor to uh, to our sport um, in our, our series, I should say. So, That's great. How um, many? Uh, yeah. How many, Sean? How many viewers have you got right away, or extra subscribers? Have you guys tracked that at all? Or you know, some, I'm sure somebody probably is. They try to keep me away from the numbers because, uh, man, I cannot add add up two numbers to save my life. So it's just bad. I'm saying you're a way. content guy, not an accountant. Right. You're a content <laughs> yeah. guy. Not the exactly. accountant. Are you getting exactly. to go to Sean, I know I asked you the last time and, and you said you, you hadn't yet attended every single one of the races. Are you getting to go to more of them now? Or are there certain geographies, uh certain areas of the country that you're gonna be able to hit more? No, I mean I've I uh I go to all the rounds, um, just like I did with Yamaha, but now, you know, ever since I started in March, it's before the season started. Yeah, I've been going to all the rounds and one of the things I do when we're at the track um, is I also kind of 
I do a little bit of uh, IDM mining, so to speak, through the paddock, talking to the guys and trying to get drum up some story ideas. But I also help Paul a lot with the press conferences. You know, we do Facebook Live, and everybody gets to see our press conferences. So he's usually the MC of it, and I'm in the back, you know, running the phone, making sure that people see it. So it's on. So yeah, I'm at all the rounds. It's great. Um, I, it's fantastic series, I, and I'm looking forward to Utah next week too. Does the travel um, get to be a grind for you ever, Sean? Um, you know, we have enough of a space, I think, between most of our rounds. It's very rare that we, um, we have, you know, one after another. I mean, I, I talked to Andrea Wilson quite a bit, you know, photographer who actually is doing work for Stenson Racing and Colby Carlisle and Jake Johnson this year. And they, that flat track schedule is almost NASCAR-like. And I, I have to say, that would be pretty tough to deal with. But ours is, you know, spread out enough where it's not so bad. I'm okay with it. Fact, I enjoy it a lot. So, not much of a home life then, huh? That's what you're saying. Well, you know, my I'm old enough. My son is actually 23, so he's out of the house now. And you know, my wife, uh, my wife's home for the summer, being a school teacher. But uh, does she like you? She likes me. Uh, yeah, we're doing okay. I think. Good, <laughs> so, good. Yeah, I mean, uh, mine doesn't, so I didn't know if it was uh, it's normal or. And for some reason, my soon-to-be wife is a school teacher, also. That doesn't like you. Uh, but uh, she is a special education consultant, so which educators, probably which are the best, which yeah, would explain w- her patience for you. Yeah, which explains how she can deal with me and and how I am because it's a mess. <laughs> Here is a mess, Sean. How yeah. about that that uh, Jigalov kid, Jig, Jigalov kid? Man, I am glad you asked me about him because I just literally talked to him at seven o'clock Eastern tonight um, and uh, spent about a half an hour. And I mean, I am just so impressed with that kid. He's 14, but he sounds like he's 24. I know we've had him on. We've had him on twice. The kid is like 10 times the professional that most professional motocrossers will pick a di- pick a discipline. When we have him on, he is absolutely on the gas. He's like drinking coffee uh, when he's he, on the and, radio, and he's so well versed. Just yeah, he was fantastic. I mean, we did a Q and A, and it was great. You know, to talk to him about. You know, he literally had to obviously wait till he turned 14, which I think was on the 28th of June. So. He'll be at uh, Utah for his first round in Junior Cup, and you know the moment he turned almost the moment he turned old enough to race in our series, um, he'll be doing it, which is essentially what you know Garrett Gerloff did back back when he uh, and Jake know, Lewis and Jake there's Lewis, a there's yep. a number of guys who were hang. I met Jake Lewis on his 14th birthday at a sport bike track time event because by the same for the same reasons for liability reasons. Sorry, you can't be on the track uh, at anything other than a wear a race. Uh, and and right. he the kid absolutely, Damian Spanks of both of those guys like he is on the gas right now. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see him. And we kind of talked about what he was doing CIV, you know, that bike versus the R three that he's going to be riding, which is essentially the R three that he's been racing in in Weiris. So um, and dominating about- with just dominating, he won five races at Barber. The kid's on fire. Yeah, he's a, he's an amazing kid. I mean, it's incredible. Fourteen. We kind of talked about Jake Lewis a little bit, too, because, you know, Jake is, is so tall now, and I was kind of curious. Damien says he's about, I think he said maybe 5'5", five, five, but he thinks he's going to be about 5'10", which he, he's hoping, you know, that's about when he stops growing. But, uh, you know, we were discussing the fact that some of these young kids coming up, they just keep growing and growing, and they, keep, they can't fit these bikes sometimes, you know. It's amazing with them, but uh, it's good stuff. Hey, one of the things I wanted to talk to you guys about real quick is, you know, we had a great – Great uh, weekend at Laguna Seca with the World Superbikes, and 
our lap times were very, very comparable to what they were doing. You know, of course, they were on Pirelli, and uh, we were on Dunlops, but it was kind of cool with Josh Heron racing on both sets of tires, and it was, you know, on essentially the same bike. It was kind of cool to see that comparison, and, and uh, we compared pretty favorably to them, so that was nice to see. Absolutely. It was... Uh... It was impressive. Qualifying, uh, they seem to have a little better times. I watched exactly what you were watching in qualifying. It seemed like the World Superbikes had a little bit of an edge. I think they maybe have a little bit of performance advantage, if not the tires. But in the race, in the, race I, the lap times were very similar. I, it would seem, you know, one, one or the other could have raced with the, the other. Yeah, it was nice to see, and it was, it was cool. You know, of course, one of the things Josh Heron said is he, you know, comparing the two, he actually preferred the Dunlops, but that would make sense. I mean, he hasn't had much time on Pirelli, so it's it's kind of unfair uh, comparison there since he knows Dunlops so well. But it was it was cool to be able to see that, you know, and, and see how that went. So, and th- this year we're we're actually breaking. I say we. I mean, the riders are actually breaking track records now that that they haven't been broken for a while. So, you know, that new larger rear tire in superbike is is really um good for a lot of the riders they're doing real well with it and it uh a number of the track records that have fallen now that you've brought it up belong to one mr ben spees back in the year of like eight uh so to see some of those records still standing is just adds even more uh validity to how incredible uh, that racer was when he was around because i just can't believe when when you see a 10 year old lap record you're like god they every year the bikes get better the tires Isn't generally speaking get better and ben spees is still holding some records yep it is incredible that it could be that way after 10 years so yeah um not really sure i don't really understand a lot about why that is but Conditions, um, I think. Up. I think conditions play into it somewhat. Uh, you know. Yeah. You know, it's riders would say the same, but it might have also been who he was racing against. <laughs> the guy had to. Yeah. He had to go. Ben Spees that is such it, a bad dude, though. I mean, you can't. No, that's what we're saying. I mean, some of his lap records that are are, are falling this year, Tony. They've been around since oh eight. I, I get it's that. Insane. That's, I'm just saying, like, maybe it's because he was that good. That uh, you know, I mean, I'd, I'd, I wouldn't want to discount anything with Ben Spees. No, it's it, it adds validity, is what I'm saying. He was kind of grouchy when he left. <laughs> other than that, it was <laughs> well, he was learning from the master of grouch. Quite literally, he was in the garage with him for a lot of years there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's crazy. Um, but uh, yeah, and I don't know if the fuel fuel was a little bit different back then too. Some of the concoctions that they had back then, man, that stuff you could smell it. In the oh, back. and the motors. There's there's the what we haven't said. The motors were legit, insane, fire breathing animals. I would think that on raw horsepower, we're there now. But yeah, they had custom everything. They were exactly. They were very unleashed animals. Absolutely, yeah, for sure, but. But anyway, it's cool to see it, and I mean, it's nice, you know, our our rules are pretty closely aligned now with World Superbike, and it was kind of nice to see that, you know, we're kind of getting there close to being pretty much on par with them, and, um, you know, one of the things that's kind of funny, Josh Hayes used to talk about the fact that, you know, if you rode on Dunlop tires across a track that had Pirelli rubber on it, it would be a little tricky. Now, I've never heard any other rider talk about uh, another brand's rubber on the track and how it's not compatible with an, with with the brand you're on have you guys ever heard anything like that before no i've never heard that but if if anyone could say it and have 
have it mean anything, I would think it would be Josh Hayes, the guy, I mean, for all intents and purposes, he was the go-to tire tester for anyone who wanted knowledge about their tires. They called Josh Hayes, at least in the U.S. Um, yep. The guy was absolutely intuitive about uh, setup, and it, it showed in his results and his career. So it doesn't surprise me if somebody was going to say it. It would be him. Never heard it anywhere else from anyone else. Yeah, he talked about it a lot, at, uh, especially at what Miller, which is now Utah, because, you know, when World Superbike was there, it was the same kind of thing. So, um, you know, you're speaking, speaking to tire testers a little bit. You know, Jeff May does a lot of tire testing for Dunlop, and he's, gonna, he's returning to the series, and he's going to be at Utah um, on an Omega Moto R1. So uh, it's good to see him back getting involved in superbike racing again on a national level. Yeah, it is. And and Corey West, uh, albeit he he had a little bit of uh, an unfortunate off late in the race, but the guy's killing it. I mean, hopefully we're going to see him finish out this season too. Yeah, I'm so glad that he was able to hang on. I mean, it was cool that he was able to race with Chris Ulrich's team, and, you know, he was doing great. But you can't deny, I mean, everybody was kind of like, oh, no, we can't have Corey go away, but then – the beast comes back in and goes nuts right off the bat. So I guess they know what they're doing. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Corey, I'm glad he got that TSE Yamaha ride and, you know, is, is continuing in the series. He's a great guy, great ambassador for our sport, and a great rider. So, yeah, I'm glad. Apparently anybody who calls him knows he's going to put it up near the front. So if you've got a bike anywhere near a racetrack where there's a Moto America event coming, Corey West is the guy you want to call. Absolutely. Yeah, it's kind of odd, isn't it, that it was like, Either for a while he wasn't involved. I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? What's this guy doing on the on the couch? I mean, he goes to Daytona, goes nuts, and then you know goes back to his regular life. The rest of the season. It reminds me of Steve Rapp, very much like Steve Rapp, the guy who sits for a year. Then somebody calls and it's like, wait, <laughs> we haven't seen Rapp for a year. There he is at the front. Absolutely, and you know, wait a while back, way back now, Mike Smith used to do that towards the end of his career too. He would come in. He would have that 911 on his bike, so it was like, you know, calling out an emergency rider, and he'd come in and do some stuff, too. So cool how those guys have that muscle memory to be able to do that, you know, just come in and get those fast right off the bat. Good stuff. We're talking about Team Hammer. Um, Jake Lewis and his mullet has got to be a marketer's dream for you. That that thing is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see our crew at Road America? Did you see us at Road America, Sean? We had, like... 15 people wearing uh, mullet headbands all over the racetrack. We got pictures with Jake and in, in the pits. It was awesome. I have a whole stack of them. <laughs> oh, God. There was a time where it almost looked like somebody cut it with a hatchet. It was all, like, chopped up on the side. It absolutely looks like somebody trimmed it with a hatchet. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. He wears it with pride, you know. He doesn't have any problem at all about it. He doesn't care. <laughs> pretty good stuff wow well he, he is from kentucky let's say let's throw that in there it is it's called the kentucky waterfall for a reason and it's an extra marketing deal too i mean i was kind of surprised he he went to vir honestly after um his uh his, his uh, dad passing you know no, that was that was in, in incredible uh you know fortitude by jake and he said it Quite literally, my dad would have wanted me yeah, here. This and, is the only place my dad would have wanted yeah, me on a race weekend. And, and I think, I well, it had to be tough. Yeah, and but he's doing it for his dad. I mean, and most pro athletes. I mean, Brett Favre. I remember when you know a few years yeah. back when his dad passed, and 
he said the same thing. Look, my dad would have wanted me out here on the field. Is it Favre or Favre? Yep. Favre. Good one. Favre's on the Super Troopers. Favre's on Super Troopers. Nice try, Favre. But, but no, you're right. You know, Jake, it was he, it was amazing that he came back. You know, we we were we kind of left him to himself in terms of you know not asking him to do a lot of uh, opportunity media stuff, and you know, to for him to do that. I mean, Ro- Roger was the same lo- way last year with Nikki. You know, I mean, those guys yeah. have su- such strength, and you know, of course, it's they they want to be at the track, but obviously, it's, you know, situation is weird. And, you it's know, Nick's dad was always around, so. You know, it was amazing that those guys can hang in there like they do. Great guys. Hmm. Yeah. But this is exactly the kind of stories that I love to talk about and write about with, with what I'm doing now. So, I mean, it's I just love it. It's fantastic. You miss Yamaha at all? You know, I do a little bit, and it's funny. The first couple of rounds, I it was more me than anybody else because the race team they're so awesome about it. You know, but I mean, I felt it felt kind of funny. It was almost like. That girl out there, you know, that you used to date, and you're like, I don't know if I can put myself through that. But no, it's it's all good. I mean, I you know, I'm I'm really really uh, proud of what Cameron's done to turn the season around. You know, I I love Tony and what they did, but I mean, who would have thought that Cameron would have gone to Road America and in a couple of rounds, you know, completely turned that season around? It looked like Tony was a juggernaut this year. So, um, so no, it's 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 great stuff. I mean, I, I'm okay same things that. happening in every kind yeah. of race, and Tomac yeah. had it all his way, and whoop, here we go. It's completely flip flopped. Yeah. The, the very so. same thing has happened in Moto America, and yeah. Speaking of Yamaha, Tony, you didn't know this, and I bet you Sean does. Yamaha just released e assist bicycles. Oh, they did. Yeah, I just got an I, email I about probably it. I should have one. <laughs> now, are you talking about the pedal assist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The electric assist pedal bicycles. Uh, Tony bought one of a uh, one of them from my dealership. We sell KTM bicycles, and they make uh, very much the same thing. Any electric assist oh. bicycle. But, but you guys also sell Yamahas. We do. So it'll be interesting to see. I think we've probably had our fill by we. I mean, the boss man of bicycles. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but we'll see. Well, it's funny. From what I understand, and I'm not—I don't know, obviously—but I had heard that the, a lot of those pedal assist bicycles are going to be sold through other retail outlets than just you know, like Yamaha motorcycle dealers. Is that what you understand it to be, too? Or yeah, I—I I think that's the—that's the intention. You know, they're, uh, but I, I have to believe they'll send them to dealers if dealers are willing to purchase them. Because the that's how we ended up with KTM bicycles. We're not a bicycle dealer. No. Well, here's the thing, though, right. KTM. Reached, held their hand out yeah. to KTM dealers and said, "We, well, you want to carry these? I know it's a different distributor, but then all of a sudden they went dealer direct or they went to retail direct, so you could buy the exact same thing cheaper off the internet." I saw it which firsthand. is not a good thing for no. the dealer, yeah. and they they kind of smoked yeah. their dealers on that deal. Now I'm, I know it's it's a different distributor, it's a different, complete different chain of, of supply from from uh, KTM bicycles as it is the motorcycles, but anytime you, you build a dealer network and then cut them out, that's yeah. not... Victimize them. Right, it is. They <laughs> thanks, are. Thanks, for, the, thanks yeah. for buying all this inventory. For hey, sure. Go ahead and dump it on a bunch of other people, too. But they're also trying to mainstream that, and, and Sean, you can probably kick in here, but they want to put those bikes or put that stuff out and try to make it as mainstream as possible it's to still, get in everybody's hands. It's still a crap deal. I'm not yeah, saying yeah. it wasn't a good deal, I'm just saying they're not, trying to get the end result of 
I think that it belongs in a Shields or, or a bicycle shop, an Eric's yeah. bicycle shop or something like that. And that's like probably that. where they're going to end up. Yeah, yeah. And Yamaha is a power enough brand that they can, you know, hopefully they can they can sell it anywhere they want to because it's, it's Yamaha. So I Sh- think so, yeah. Sean, we have gotten complete. I don't even know if we, t- what did, I don't know what we talked about other than we just talked. <laughs> and it was a good time having you. That's what it should well, be. Well, I always like to come on and just talk with you guys. That's, that's, that's really fun. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, I mean, the big thing I wanted to mention is this idea about, you know, uh, being able to, the other countries being able to see Moto America now on YouTube. That was a big key thing. And the other part is YouTube's coming up, or I'm sorry, Utah's coming up next week. So uh, we're looking forward to that. Sean Bice, always fun having you on, man. Thanks so much. Okay, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to wrap this thing up. It's Pit Pass. Stay tuned. Hey, this- Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. 